my teeny tiny little friends. It's nice to see you. Actually, I'm really glad I can't see you, and I know you're glad to not see me. How, don't you dare. Don't you dare fast forward through this commercial. This is going to be a great commercial, and it's going to save you lots of money and help put my kids through Catholic school. Okay, Libertas Alive. I love, absolutely love the gear from these people. There's so many different places to get gear online. This one is my favorite. The designs uh, look like nothing else on Catholic gear I have seen anywhere. I am loving my Begin Again hoodie. Uh, just the spiritual message of like, look, anytime you mess up, just begin again. Just start again. Uh, God's love and God's mercy is there. And I get to wear that in the cold right now. So go to ForteCatholic.com slash alive and if you look at those designs and you don't like them then we cannot be friends anymore fortecatholic.com slash alive to get 15% off now enjoy the show what's up and welcome to forte catholic I am your host Taylor Stroll and I am absolutely thrilled to be here because you know where here is? Here is my house. And I have been gone from my house for almost three weeks. I slept in my bed last night and one other day in the last three weeks. So I cannot tell you how excited I am to be home. Um, someone who's not in my home, but I kind of wish he was because he's a bro and he's in a great mood today. Uh, co-host <laughs> extraordinaire, Jonathan Tyler Blevins. <laughs> I'm in the what? Wait, I just okay. That's actually kind of funny. That's a Freudian slip because like I always give people fake names, like fake middle names, like Jonathan Lene Blevins. But I accidentally used your brother's name. I apologize. I why don't you just call me? Why don't you just call me Ninja's brother, Taylor? Oh, there you go. I'm sure you love that. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it was absolutely. Kind of yeah, you are. You're in. You're on a screen inside of my home. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing about the same as you are. We talked at the beginning of this that we're both a little bit. Under the weather, but as husbands and fathers and working in ministry, it's like we've just found ourselves to be sick for the last few months. Like that's just our normal now. So we've both uh, just learned how to deal with it and move on. Yeah, I do wonder how much more, how much less sick I would be if I had fruits and veggies a lot throughout this whole three months. Uh, but I, but yeah, you're right. Also, like you said, you mentioned my mood earlier, and I'm looking at your background, which people can't see, but I'll describe it. It's like a checkers board. What's funny? Red and black, which is making me angry. Exactly, exactly. Because of <laughs> who do you think of when you see red and black? Well, I mean, I think I think of like okay, I don't know. I think of the Bulls, like not the Chicago Bulls, but like a bull I, who sees red and gets angry. What do you think of? Uh, I, w- I wish I, <laughs> Satan is a good one. <laughs> Satan is a good one. But um, I thought of something more, a little different. Uh, Darth Maul. I thought of like the Sith. That's how yeah. I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling right now. Uh, the best Star Wars movie, which Phantom one? Menace. Which one? Oh yeah, 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 Phantom Menace for sure. I actually just finished my rewatch o- over over the break. I just finished rewatching episodes one through six, and boy, can I tell you that my my order of best Star Wars movies has changed. Okay, are you? A fa- Did you move Phantom Menace away from last place? Uh, Phantom Menace was never in last place for me. My hot take has always been that three is one of my favorite movies. I just love watching, like the Anakin falling and the like. The, the brotherhood between Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's very special to me. But I tell yeah. you what, Empire Strikes Back. I hadn't watched any of the originals like since I was a kid. Like I just never, re- I'd never really rewatched movies. Yeah. So I just forgot how special that movie is. So it moved up and now 
I could argue with myself about three and and five being my favorite. Okay. I wish I was smart enough about Star Wars to, to have a great conversation with you about this. I've seen them all, but I think I've only, I think I've seen the original three. The other ones I've only seen once each, but I will say this. Mace Windu is the greatest Jedi of all time. Jar Jar Binks was the best character in Phantom Menace. And Darth Maul was the scariest of all the villains. I love Darth Maul. And Darth Maul, for those nerds who love the cartoons, is one of the best characters. Uh, we didn't plan to talk about Star Wars at all today, but here Sorry. we are. Here we no, 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 no. Don't apologize. I will talk about Star Wars at any point. But I was laughing because you and I were interacting on, on Twitter and we were act, like just texting back and forth between the show. I asked you, is there anything specific you want to talk about today? <laughs> and usually, like, usually you're pretty relaxed. You're like, hey, like, we'll do. We'll do what, kind of whatever. Like I didn't, really, you know, like, I, and I like that. It's it's fine. You're just willing to come in and just have a conversation with me, and it's a lot of fun. Today, I was like, "Do you want to talk about anything?" You said no, and then immediately you just started listing a bunch of things you don't want to talk about. And I'm totally <laughs> going to be respectful. I'm totally going to be respectful of that. But I do have to ask the the underlying thing behind it all. Like you're salty today, and I love this version of John. <laughs> I absolutely love salty John. So what is making you salty? Okay, it's a combination of things. I'm feeling pretty cruddy as well. My wife and kids are also sick, but I'm not like sick enough where I should not be doing the show. They're about to all go take a nap and I'll probably play some Fortnite. Wait, you play <laughs> Fortnite? I do, yeah. Have you heard of it? It's like a mixture of Roblox and Halo. Oh, nice. I should try that out sometime. <laughs> it's great. So I'm, I'm not feeling great, which is part of it. The other part of it is that we are having a baby on January 14th. While I'm excited about that, I have a lot to do because my diocese gives three months paid paternity leave and I'm a director of evangelization and have eight people reporting to me. And so I have a lot to do in this next week, which is really stressing me out for work. Um, and then I also just know that I'll have to be pretty present during my three months of paid paternity leave because there's a lot going on at the church that we have to do. Um, and I really don't feel like I've had a break. You, you and I were talking about that. Like uh, you've had a, this three weeks away from your house, which sounds glorious to me. It wasn't glorious. We'll get into it, but it wasn't glorious. Keep going. But I'd rather have three weeks in my house, which I'm about to get in a month. But that's probably like why I'm crabby. And I will say this, like the I'm getting slightly annoyed with uh, Catholic Twitter lately. And I feel like, there, and we can talk about this one if you want, but we don't have to. No, no, no. I, I'm really not trying to force you to talk about anything you didn't want to talk to. It's all, it's all on you. And I won't mention specifics, but I will just say the one thing that is making me salty is I, 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 now that I've been part of, part of, not part of, whatever, I'm following some people in Catholic Twitter for like a few years, I'm starting to see that it really is just all the same. Like every year, it's just a recycled, like, oh, we need babies to be in the church. Oh, no, we don't. Like just hot takes about everything. Like everyone's already shared their hot takes, yet we keep recycling them. And it just makes me frustrated with all things Catholic social media and media, including podcasts. It's funny because you and I have had a very different experience recently of, of Twitter. Uh, because for me, it's been a lot of just blocking and unfollowing people. So I'm much happier than you, just in my, just in my heart. But yeah, I do think there's a lot of, of recycled content. I totally agree with you. And I think the uh, the frustration comes in waves as well. Yeah. So that's why I'm a little salty. And the Lions season is over. And I always go through a little lull. And Michigan lost to Alabama. And the Tigers are the Tigers. And so it's just it's just a hard month, okay? Isn't it wild how, how much like sports affect us? <laughs> it really does. Okay, so let, let me give you let me tell you the story that'll maybe make you feel a little bit better uh, to kind of burst the bubble that Taylor had a glorious three weeks, okay? I'm open to this. Okay. Thank you. Last week, we went to that conference that you don't want to talk about. I recorded live there. That was last week's show. Go listen to that. We had a blast. I worked for 16 hours a day in Arizona. I'm from Texas. 
Uh, I grew up by the beach. It's 100% humidity every day. I went to Arizona that doesn't, like, it's a state without water. Like, I was just, like, I did not feel well. I woke up completely dried out. Every night I didn't sleep well. 16 hours of work every day. It 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 was rough. Like, I did have fun. But it was like now that I'm home, it's rough. But here's how here's how the how the week started. Okay, I'm driving home. We've been gone for about we had been gone for about two weeks with my family at the time for Christmas break. We went to go see her family. Went to go see my family. When we are driving back, we went to um, the Texans game. My wife and I went to the Texans game. It was it was interesting. It was like my Christmas gift to her was to ask my dad, who gets tickets through work, hey, can you get me tickets? I'll pay you for them. That'll be my gift, my Christmas gift to my wife. Because she's never been to an NFL game before. We watch together every year. She got second in our fantasy league this year. Like, she's super into to sports, which is the secondary reason I married her. Um, yep. The number one was I knew she'd raise our kids well. Oh, yeah, my dad gave me the tickets as my Christmas gift. So we just kept going down the line. It was a great day. We go to the first NFL game. We're in the stadium. I'm like, as they're as the Texans are running out, I'm kind of tearing up because it's a special moment. My wife has loved the NFL for years, and it's the first time she's ever gotten to go to a game. Then we start driving home, and we're in our, our van, very nice van. It was gifted to us. We were so happy about the gift. We're driving down the highway, and the van starts to rattle a little bit. We have all of our Christmas gifts in here, all three of our kids. The van starts rattling. We slow down. Starts rattling, starts shaking, starts shaking, going even more. Starts making all these noises. Everything's going crazy. We pull into Walmart. There was like it was the oil was bone dry, and it shouldn't have been because we had only gone like four thousand miles on it. Bone dry. I go into Walmart. I'm like, hey, I'll just top it off. Just get us home. We're about an hour from home. I have to, I have to get on a plane. I have to leave my house at four o'clock in the in the morning. It's like ten o'clock at night at this point. <laughs> I have to leave my house to go to SLS six in six hours and put oil in nothing like it. It was too late. Like some, something had gone wrong. We're driving down. So I'm stranded on a highway in the middle of nowhere an hour from my house. And I have to be on a plane back in Houston the other way in six hours. Taylor's not happy. <laughs> Taylor's not no. in a good mood. This is not the glorious, the glorious vacation I thought it was going to be. Uh, so we had to call a tow truck from our hometown. So they, they came. It was like 350 bucks. And we're, we're driving back. My boss comes to get me. He's very generous to come get us. We put most of the presents, all of the kids, all of the family in the house. We get to the house. I pack, shower, try to try to chill out. I get two hours of sleep to start this entire huge week of travel. I got sick. The first thing that I wake up to on the first day of the conference is them saying we need to completely replace the engine. It's going to cost $4,500. So that's how my week started. Like this week that's supposed to be like super fun and everybody getting together. And it's a huge work thing for us. Like it's one of our most important events for work, for recruiting every year. And I started sick, tired, exhausted, and out (laughs) $5,000. Yikes. So I have to know. Yeah, I was going to say, so you just ended up getting the new engine, huh? Yeah. So it's currently at the shop uh, and they are they have bought the new engine and they are putting it in. So right now, like usually when I'm recording this, my wife takes the kids, they go to the park or something. They're just like outside out there somewhere (laughs) so that we can't hear them. I love my wife. She's awesome. And it's been it's been a pretty wild week, my friend. (laughs) 
Do you have a Patreon that people could support this van cause on? I sure do, John. I love you so much. Forte Ca- no, patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. Give me $2 a month, and with your support over the next 87 years, <laughs> I'll be able to pay off half of the van price. <laughs> and we'll be on our fourth van since then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it, w- it was interesting. It was one of those things that it's like, I don't know. It, it was obviously very frustrating. But at the same time, like it was just this mode of like I have to do the next thing that needs to get done. I have to get home. I have to get my I have to get my family home. I have to get this car towed. Everything else I can deal with later. I have to pack up. I have to try to sleep for two hours. I have to do that. And then like even throughout the conference, it's like I have to talk to these people. I have to go eat. Like it's just these are the things that I need to do, and I'll deal with the other stuff whenever I have time to. Like whenever I get back. So now. I'm at that point where it's like, okay, it's time to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, you bring all this up and I wonder if you had a similar experience as me. And we talked about this a bit in our last podcast together that this year just didn't feel like Christmas. I think that's part of my crabbiness as well as like over, you're just on this break. You had a lot of great things happen. Like on top of, yeah, life being wild, Christmas didn't feel like Christmas. Even those beautiful times with my family, uh, beautiful two days with my wife and kids. But it didn't feel like Christmas and New Year's was a, a blast on New Year's Eve, but it just doesn't feel like the holidays. Yeah, it's like we are currently as we record this, we're recording it early because you have some cool news. We'll get to that. We'll get to the happy stuff here in a second. But we're recording this on Saturday the 4th, which is different for us. We had like we had to wait till I got home. And because of the big thing happening in your in your life in the next week or a week and a half or so, I don't feel like it's 2020. We are in a new decade. Yeah. Like I've even tried making like the stock, the stock jokes, the repeated jokes that everybody makes. Right. Oh, that was last decade. And like, even though I've made the dumb dad jokes, I still I'm like, it's 2020. Holy crap. Like, this is a thing that has happened. What happened to 2019? I have no <laughs> idea. I feel like I've been in one day since August 12th. Yeah. That, that, and I think part of that problem is that SLS has their event over New Year's. <laughs> Here's the saltiness. Who does that? Here's the saltiness coming out. It's for, <laughs> it's for college kids. It's not built for us old people that are supposed yeah, to. Literally, college kids, the last thing I'd want to do when I was in college was go to a Catholic conference at New Year's Eve. That's because you're not a good person. There were 8,000 <laughs> people there that were better than both of us combined. <laughs> good point. Good point. I need to remember this. Forget my past. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you you do have good news though. There is good news on the horizon. You've you've talked about it already a little bit, but it is kind of stressful. Like there is a kid coming into your house soon. Your wife at this point is very pregnant, and I, I I can't speak for your wife, but I can speak for my wife. She's a lovely woman. I love her to death. That last ten days is pretty rough. It's pretty rough, obviously for her. And uh, I'm just not going to stop talking now because I'm going to get myself in trouble. But it's 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 a difficult time. The kids are going crazy. Like you're going to have to be mom dad for a while to the other couple of kids. Like it's it's an interesting season. But I'm sure there's still joy in there somewhere. I would imagine. So how how are you feeling? We we heard about work. How are you feeling about this new baby coming into your house, dude? <laughs> So I'm very excited. I have not had a ton of time to think about it, which has been both good and bad. Good because I'm not really stressed about it. I'm mostly relieved. It's been a while since I've changed a newborn diaper. My youngest is three and he's been pretty easy to change for the last year and a half. And it's my first girl. So January 14th, our daughter, Kiara, Kiara Marie, on the feast of St. Maclina or Macrina, Macrina. Hey, is Macarena, Macarena, Macarena. Macarena, the elder, who's the grandmother of Basil the Great, which is kind of fun. 
Um, so I tried to convince Jody that we name her Macrina or that we name her Basil, but that is not a thing. So Kiara will be born January 14th. Um, and I'm very excited. I'm excited for the time I'll get with the boys for those three months. Chicago is very pro-life in one way, at least. <laughs> Just kidding. In a lot of ways. Uh, <laughs> I, I, parents... I feel like you wanted me to laugh, but I know absolutely nothing about Chicago. <laughs> no, no, it's so, fine. So here, here it is delayed. And maybe I'll edit it back. <laughs> that... I get three months paid paternity, which is nice. So I have tons of time to spend with Jody and the kids and get into a routine. I'm excited about getting into, I know people are like a new baby, a routine, but like some kind of routine of like, I can go grocery shopping this day, meal prep this day, hit the gym at this time, roughly for three straight months, which is wild. So I'm very excited about all of those things. Nervous about a girl, you know, there's apparently a different way you wipe. I'm not really familiar with that. Uh, <laughs> It's nerve-wracking. I don't want them to get T. I don't want them to get TSS, Taylor. It, I don't know what that is, but it's very funny. So, <laughs> what's funny is our first conversation here in this first segment, as we come to a close, is coming full circle. At the beginning, you were upset that uh, everybody just recycles takes. It's the same thing over and over again. And then we end with you being the beacon of light, sharing a take no one has ever heard on Catholic Radio. I'm very, very happy for you. We, we've uh, entered new ground. Being a dad is fun. I enjoy it, and I, I feel like both of us are going to look back on this turn of the decade and be like, wow, that was crazy, but also it was fun. Like, you had your first girl. That is a thing that you are going to remember. I will always remember breaking down on the side of the road, but I'm sure it won't hurt as much as it does right now because I'm currently dying inside. And that's how we're going to end our first segment. John, we're going to be right back. You're not going to be right back because um, we're going to record this interview way in the future because Taylor didn't <laughs> schedule anybody because of the <laughs> craziness that we've been talking about. Uh, but you and I are going to be back for our final segment. Schedule me. I could schedule you, but... <laughs> You're very busy. You're very busy. Uh, I'll be right back with our guests, and John and I will be right back for the final segment to talk about uh, 2019, how it went, what we're looking forward to in 2020. Christopher. What? Do you or anyone you love have a beard, lips, or skin? You. I have a beard, lips, and skin? No. What do I have? No hair, no beard. <laughs> no hair and no beard. Well, um, Daddy just shaved off his beard. What do you think about that? He just has a mustache. I don't have a mustache. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Talking to the microphone. Oh. I don't have a mustache, you silly boy, but I am regrowing my beard. And the biggest reason that I shaved it off is because I didn't take good care of the last one. So I'm going to take very good care of my next one with Catholic Beard Bomb. And you have hair on your cheeks. <laughs> I do have hair on my cheeks. If you or anyone you love have a beard, lips, or skin, you can go to ForteCatholic.com slash beard and get all the great products for, for your beard, lotions, and oils, and combs. And lipstick. And Not lipstick, but lip balm. You can get lip balm for your lips. So all you ladies who have lips, and if you have skin, any of you who have skin, there's lotion. ForteCatholic.com slash beard to get 11% off. And if we just got a new way to purchase this. So if you've gotten this discount before, you can get it again. Get it right now for Christmas time. It's the greatest gift that we've ever received after Jesus. Amen. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I'm your host, Taylor Schroll. And guess what, everybody? I found a guest during the break, and it wasn't just one guest. Guest? 
I guessed at who the guests would be, and it came back as two guests. Try saying that five times fast. Uh, we've got one of, a recurring, a recurring guest on the show, Mr. Everett Fritz, with one of his new friends, one of my new friends, Kelsey Skoke. I learned how to say that during the break as well. Uh, welcome, friends. Hey. Hey, welcome. How's it going? I love the internet delay. Welcome, friends. Can I, can I just say we're we're going to like be pitching a book in this segment that Kelsey and I wrote together. And it wasn't until like a month ago that I learned how to pronounce Kelsey's last name correctly. And we've been writing this book for a long time. It <laughs> <laughs> so, was a bit embarrassing when I was, I've been mispronouncing your last name for, for how many years? It does. It, it, it is more awkward. Like the longer you go without knowing it. So like whenever she got on the phone first and I was like, all right, here it is. How do you say your last name? You just got to go for it at the beginning, because if not, you're in the awkward situation you found yourself in. Honestly, people can ask as long as they want. I, I don't really get bothered. I'd rather have them ask. I mean, and, and honestly, if you made it up to you, I think it's kind of humorous to hear all the different versions that you can come up with. Well, I think we were doing like a, a, a short video with Jason Everett pitching our, our new book. And Jason finished up by saying the book is, is you know, Everett Fritz and Kelsey Skoke. And I was like to Jason, I was like, it's Skoke. Oh no. Like, no! No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's my memory. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> That's ridiculously hilarious. <laughs> to yeah. Correct someone and be like, "No, you're the dummy." Like I, that happens to me way too often. So I'm glad it happened to you for my sake, Everett. Thank you. Thank you very much for helping me with that. Kelsey and I met uh, because y'all were doing a session on this topic that y'all wrote the book for uh, together, and the book is called "Uncompromising Purity." And it gets into a topic that not a, not a lot of people are talking about. So it very much involving uh, the, the problem with porn. And I actually had told you a few months ago, Everett, it's like, I'm done talking about it on the show. I, I'm just I'm just done. Like, we've talked about it on the show a lot. And it's the same conversation over and over again. Like, I'm not doing it anymore. And then you were like, well, actually, I have this new book coming out. And it, it's a little different, a little different. I'll let y'all talk about that. But I was just so happy that y'all called me in to help because you were like, this is a difficult topic. Uh, can you come be the village idiot for like 10, 15 minutes before we start and like, just have fun with them to set them up for y'all to just punch them in the throat. So I, I, I was, I was really happy to be a part of it. Uh, so Kelsey, I've set you up. What's the book about? <laughs> well, thanks for that introduction, Taylor. Yeah, it was so fun to have you out, but no, so that the full title of the book is uncompromising purity with the tagline, it's not just a guy problem. So, so if porn has always been talked about in our culture, but it's always been talked about from the perspective of it's a struggle for men and women kind of get set aside or seen as this is not something that a woman would struggle with. And so our book is actually primarily for women about women's struggle with pornography and masturbation, uh, which is honestly a, a rising issue, something that has always existed and always been a problem. But I would say uh, recently been a more more apparent struggle. And, and it's been such a fun experience to put this book together, really picking up speed with other people wanting to talk about it as well. 
Everett, how'd you get roped into all this? We started writing this book like a couple years ago, and I think her last name was still her maiden name, and now she's got two kids. Gives you an idea of how long <laughs> it took us, how many editing jobs it took us to get this book okay, together. Okay, I, but... I have to interrupt you. Does this mean like that y'all are very thorough or that you're very slow? Which one is it? We, we rewrote the book probably about three times, and wow. it was it was difficult to get the tone right and now like the finished product's amazing uh, I'm, I'm really proud of it but i had written a book on the subject for men like a men's only book about four years ago and it was a, a book called freedom and we're actually going to be re-releasing it with uh totus to press um uh, uh, along with uncompromising purity and uh and so it was just when the, this new book this freedom book had had recently come out and they were pitching my book and how it was for men, et cetera. And I had a whole bunch of people at my table. And then Kelsey came up to me and she's like, so, you know, and she introduced herself and she's like, so where's the women's version? I was like, you know, I can't tell you how many times I get that question, but number one, I'm not qualified to write the women's version. And number two, I don't know enough about it other than to know that, that pornography among women is, is a huge rising issue. Uh, and, and uh, for women who have this, uh, this addiction, like they're far from alone. I think the, the stats are that uh, 76% of women ages 18 to 30 have looked at pornography in the last month or something. Like Kelsey, oh, wow. we know the stats better than I yeah. do. But there's a, uh, as we were talking more and more, we realized that we both had a lot to share on this issue. And we, we started talking about what it looked like to make this together. And uh, that's how the, the conversation started. So I, I've been a missionary uh, with Focus for about eight years now. And when I first became a missionary, I went to the training um, the first summer up and they had a day of chastity, right? And for this day, you have different different talks going on. And the opening talk, men were put in a room and they were to discuss pornography and women were put in a different room to discuss emotional chastity. And I remember, you know, as a lowly first year missionary going, this doesn't seem right. Like these topics don't seem gender specific. And it apparently was just because the schedule didn't allow it you know, for us to discuss both. So the next year they had men and women attend both of those sessions. And I remember sitting down so excited to hear the pornography class because it's something that's part of my own story. But then also being a missionary on a college campus, I had encountered so many women who also struggled with this. And unfortunately the speaker as prepared as he was, all of his statistics, all of his stories of how to overcome this were only for men. And then he would, you know, offhandedly at the end of every sentence say, oh yeah, and women struggle with this too. And I just sat there feeling so alone and confused of, of, is this really all that there is for us, you know, and I'm going back to another year on campus to try and help these women. So my third year, I kind of instinctually just went up to the speaker and who was going to give that talk again to both men and women. And I said, hey, at the end of your talk, can you just throw up a slide with my name and my phone number and say, if any female missionary wants to talk about this, if they personally struggle with it or need help with students, but mostly it's, it's if, if they personally struggle with this and, and need someone to talk to. And I, I kid you not, I just started getting a flood of emails and texts and calls from missionaries who had never told anyone that this is something they struggled with. And obviously, even as a missionary, you felt so embarrassed and ashamed that that could be something that's part of your story. So getting to walk with missionaries was, was really how I began. The more and more I started speaking about this, and then it just kind of snowballed the amount of women that, that I started working with and never thought this is something I would speak about becoming you know a little ministry of my own. But uh, it is a passion of mine, something I definitely love with. So when I met Everett, yeah, it just all made sense. The Lord had really brought us all together to make this book and, and make this ministry even more powerful. Yeah, the thing I kept thinking about when I was sitting in y'all's session uh, after I did the clown thing, and then I just went and sat in the back, and I was just like interested in what y'all were in what y'all were saying. As somebody who has struggled with this for most of my most of my life, 
it's like I, I know the shame, I know the guilt, I know the I feel like I'm alone, even though the stats are like, oh, every guy is, is has struggled with this right. at least at some point, right? And there's still this feeling of like being alone and not wanting to talk about it. But like you said, every time we go to church, every time we go to a conference, every time we go to a retreat, I've never heard a men's talk that is not a pornography talk, right? So that's a that's a problem in and of itself. It's like, oh, just stop watching porn and you'll be a good man. Like, no, there's more to being a good man than just stopping that. It is a huge part of it, right? So that part has been lacking. But also, I can only imagine all the guilt, shame that I felt about it. If it's not said publicly, this is a problem that women have. The even more shame com- coming on because it's like I can't talk about this because maybe I am the only one and I was just blown away by the statistics y'all shared the love and compassion that y'all shared the main thing is like look this is not just for you it's it, like it's not you're not the only one that's struggling with this um, and then the love in which y'all were able to deal with it or to, to handle these situations and the d- difficult questions that y'all got so like what and obviously you don't want to give away the whole book because we want people to go buy it and they can do that at chastity.com or wherever you know, buy books or whatever. Uh, we can get more into that later. But what is like the, the secondary message? The first one is you're not alone. What's the secondary message from this book? I'd say the biggest thing that we want people to take away with is that this isn't meant to be just here's some tricks and tr- you know tips for you to overcome this addiction, for you just to buckle down. And, and if you follow one, two, three, you will be free of porn. And there are practical steps and things you can do to alleviate some of the temptations and, and to help yourself overcome them. But what we really want to get across is the idea that this has to be done through a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, that, that your relationship with Jesus Christ is what will allow for you to have the grace, to have the strength and the conviction to rise above a lot of these temptations. Because a lot of our desire for pornography and for masturbation, it's a distortion of the love that we were made for. And that is the love within the Trinity, within Jesus Christ himself. And so if that's what we're seeking is love with God, and we distort that, we don't know how to receive that, or maybe our culture has told us, that's not the answer. Try these other things that are more instant and easier, and you can do whatever you want. And you know, you feel freedom, quote unquote, the, the false version of freedom by doing them, that's what you seek out. And unfortunately, it's never going to be fulfilling. You'll never be fully satisfied. And you just need to seek more and more and more to try and fulfill yourself. And that's where you you come up shorthanded. And we have just a ton of unhappy people. And so the second aim, the main second aim of this book is really to emphasize the relationship with Jesus Christ as the solution, first and foremost, that um, you know tips and habits and, and good good things like that are necessary, but they will not solve the problem. Um, the problem is, is much deeper than that. And it comes from a desire to be truly and fully loved, which can only come from God. Just to piggyback on that, as Kelsey and I were talking, because when we first sat down and had coffee together, uh, my first question for Kelsey it was, I was like, okay, why do women get hooked on porn? And the more that we talked in, in this process, um, it, the more I realized how much of a disservice our culture has to, our, even our Christian culture that speaks on the dangers and, and, and abuses of pornography, how much of a disservice we've done towards women by almost stereotyping them in, in the way in which they express their sexuality. Well, this is what I would say to men who are, who are struggling with this issue. This is how I would coach them through it. She's like, yeah, you should say the exact same thing to women. I was like, oh, this isn't just a man issue. <laughs> like this isn't just the way, like men aren't just wired visually in terms of stimulation and different things of that nature. Women are, are wired that way as well. Like we're all sexual beings and what attracts us uh, and what we're seeking to fulfill in terms of our emotional woundedness, we're speaking the same language. And so, like you mentioned, like the, the theme of the book is, yeah, you're not alone. 
um, there is a, a process that we can take you through. There is no silver bullet. In no way, shape, or form are we promising that you read this book and then you'll be free from your issues. <laughs> No, there's it's like a little nicotine patch. You just slap yes. it on and it'll slide yeah, right read off. The book and solution, problem solved. No, there's that hard work. Be, to be you, know what's, you know what's funny is y'all joke about that, but I bet <laughs> if you taped this book to the outside of your arm with, with see-through <laughs> tape and wore it on your arm every day, I bet it would help you stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there is no, there's no silver bullet. So there's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of healing that has to happen, which is why we introduced the readers to the, the divine healers because there's healing that has to happen. And so there's hard work that has to be done. And the goal of the book is to be a guide so that you don't feel, one, like you're alone, and two, so that you have somebody walking alongside of you to show you, here's the steps that we both of us have gone through in our lives um, and what we learned in that process and how Christ led us towards freedom. That's beautiful. And don't give away the whole book. We still want people to go buy it. Uh, where can they go buy this book? It's called uh, Uncompromising Purity, written by you, Kelsey Skok. And Everett Fritz, where can they buy the book and and why should they buy it? Obviously, everything you've said, but why should they go get this book? I think, well, so to answer the first point, chastity.com, you can buy it today, um, Everett Fritz. You can also go on Amazon later this week. It will be finally live. Uh, you can go on Amazon right now and get the Kindle version and any of the other online book versions. You can get that as well. Um, but currently, chastity.com, very easy to get. And then in a, sh a few short days, amazon.com as well. Neither of us went into this to make money by writing a book, right? The, the purpose is not, yes, let's just sell this book to everyone and, and get our names out there. It's more of an, an, a way to help share these truths with more people. What I kept finding is I would give talks to a few hundred, a few thousand people, and I'd have all of these women just in tears, thanking me, finally having a voice to, to share their struggle too. I feel so ready to get back home and, and to not struggle with this anymore. And they'd get home, and then about two weeks later, the DMs would come in, just Instagram, Facebook, woman after woman just coming to me saying, dang it, now I'm home. Now I'm amidst the temptations again, the triggers, whatever it is. And I've you know, almost completely forgotten what you said. But just to have something that, that also could be used as a prayer tool. We have you know, reflection questions at the end of every chapter if you wanted to use it in a small group setting. Just to remind yourself of the truths, that was the hope of, for us to, to put this into writing was, I really want women to be able to have something they can turn to, to be, remember, to be reminded of Jesus Christ loves you, to be remembered, I am not alone. Um, those are hard truths to remember and to think about when you're in the midst of an addiction or any type of struggle like this. So that's really why you want to buy the book. I'd say not just to, to buy the book, but really just to have something to remember these things that are truths that are so hard to hear in the midst of the shame, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of temptation. Well, good. Thank you both for coming on today. I truly appreciate it. Guys, go check out the book. Go find these two people on the internet because they're also on there. Thank you all both. Everybody else will be right back for our final segment of the day. Don't go anywhere. Christopher, where are your socks? Um, they're in the dirty hamper. In the dirty hamper because they're dirty? Yes. What is your coolest pair of socks? Um, green pair of socks, I guess. You have a green pair of socks. Do you know what my coolest pair of socks are? 
The church ones. The church ones, exactly. All the all the socks from Sock Religious. So I want everybody to go buy yourself some socks for the stockings, some socks for yourself, and some socks for all of your loved ones. Loved ones? Loved ones, I guess. And loved or loved, who cares? Uh, ForteCatholic.com slash socks gets you 15% off and will make you the coolest person on Christmas morning, well, I guess other than Jesus. dancing because it's a thing that we always do like some of these songs are just absolute bops man like we cannot not dance to these things shout out to brandon b the symbol morell for letting us use these songs i absolutely love them and apparently john blevins does too because i just i need you to know that i cannot even hear it but i i know what it is from previous podcasts and i have a blast watching you dance and dancing with you well thank you that's even sweeter you're such a kind kind man which is why everyone likes you so much and you're so much more popular than me. So um, we looked back uh, last year. We just talked about this in the break. I didn't realize that you brought it to my attention. You were on this show last year, like the episode where we look back at, t- at the year before and we look forward to the next year. And yeah. you, you caught me. You caught me because uh, you did more show prep than me last year because you found your notes when you set your goals for 2019, and I can't find mine. So uh, how did you do on your goals this year, Jonathan Blevins? <laughs> you know what? I did decent. I would say I did I did about 50% job, which I know is failure if you're like in, in, in trying to get out of 100%, but it's not. I don't think it's failure. So here we go. I'm going to break it down fast. Ready? Sure. For prayer, I had one holy hour a week, and I ended up doing a holy half hour a week which I'm very proud of because I, I did it pretty much every week. I am glad that you, most people, like they fail on their goal and they give up. I'm glad you were able to modify and find something that worked for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. So I did that. Uh, the next one was read more spiritual books. I did that, but like only because I read like three. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> the idea was to read way more than that. I read oh. three and a half. So <laughs> the wellness, join a gym, did it work out, did it more than the year before, be 200 pounds, fail. Uh, and eat healthier, I would say I did well for about six months. And yeah. I need to get back to it. <laughs> because we all heard in the first segment that you said, I don't eat any fruits or vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Only mac and cheese. Um, improved lifestyle goals. Read more. Not Didn't really do that one. Listen to more podcasts. I did that, and yours was one of them. Uh, listened? Do you only listen when you're on, though? I feel like you have outed yourself on that before. No, no, no. To be here's this is funny. I have never once listened to myself give a talk or listened to myself on a podcast or rewatched one of my streams. I'm proud of you. I usually you. don't. I re-listened back to last last week's show because it was live and I was terrified about how it actually went because my perception of how it went and how it actually went, I think, were two very different things. <laughs> Which one, I, before we keep going, which one was better? Your perception or how it went? Uh, my per- my perception was much worse, I think. Um, okay, good. Because, okay, uh, I'm not mad, but they they it could have been set up better. My sh- the, the live recording started at 4.15. Everybody was in their sessions till 4.30, so no one got to the live recording till like 4.40. So, like, I was just grumpy about the situation. Sure. So, 
I was able to listen back and I'm like, good. I masked it well. I don't think I sounded grumpy because I definitely felt it inside. And that's what a decade of ministry can do for you. You can be dying inside and still do good things. <laughs> you can be really good at faking. Right. For real. Okay. So were those all of them or did you have a couple? No, no, more? no. I'm almost done. So um, eat healthier. I did about a halfway. I need to do better. Uh, oh yeah. Listen to more podcasts. I did that. Be on the phone less than two hours a day. So no, because of work, but moving on to the next one. Spend more quality time with family. 100% I did that. I was I, way more intentional about my time with the family. I saw that and I picked it up. And I, and it was like, I, I would see like you and your boys out at the track. Like, you know, like I, I remember seeing this and seeing it consistently because you were like, I want to be more active. I want to I want to lose weight. I want to be healthier. And I want to spend more time with my family. And every time I look at your Instagram story, it's either swipe up to watch me stream or this is me hanging out with my boys and or working out with them. So good job. Yeah. Thank you. And the only time I'm really on my phone when I am with them is when it's for them, like recording something or taking pictures, or whatever. So I was proud of myself for that. Uh, career, improve in all areas of ministry. I feel like I improved in a lot of areas. I grew in leadership, which I wanted to do. And then I really only half hit my stream goals. So the, the stream goals were have 5,000 subscribers, which is outrageous. It'd be like, you know, six figures a year streaming. Um, but they did, they were more structured. And I started doing Bible studies and faith nights, which I never did before. And then my YouTube, I actually shut down. So I do not have 10,000 YouTube subscribers yet, but I am I'm bringing it back up for the Faith Night series. So about 50% of my goals. And here's the thing. I'm not setting any new ones next year. The, the goals for me next year are to do the ones I didn't do this past year. That's brilliant. You're like, you are so much well put together than I am as a human person. Uh, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like you're good at everything and it makes me upset. Stop it. I'm not. <laughs> Wait, why did you I'm shut- bad at losing the weight? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, why did you shut down your YouTube? I didn't know about this. It's a, okay. I, I won't get way into it, but I have a new job, right? And my new job is in a very wealthy area um, with a lot of people in it <laughs> that have uh, more time maybe to listen to podcasts or to check on who works in the church. And so some people were watching my YouTube videos um, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is our director of evangelization. I can't believe the things he says. And take some YouTube videos out of context for my stream. One of them was I was making jokes about, I can't believe I haven't told you this. I was making jokes about how immature I am when, when readings about circumcision or whatever come up uh, and, and how sometimes I laugh. And then five minutes later, this part was not in the YouTube video. The joke was, but five and me being immature was, but five minutes later is me giving a whole talk to my stream about why circumcision is in the Bible and why it's a big deal and using it for evangelization. But it's, it's tough to see in that video. And so I deleted every video ever. So okay, so I did know I did know that there was the complaints and stuff. I didn't yeah, I, I didn't know the specifics and that it was that crazy. So dang, that stinks, man. I'm sorry to hear that. They're coming back though. Faith night. Well, good. I was having a great year until about August. And I and I love I love what has happened like in ministry since August. Like but we have been short staffed, so I have been absolutely overworked because we were, we were short staffed. I stepped in to take another position and i like i said like like from august 12th till the end of 2019 it was all just like one day and things got done but like i wasn't as healthy as i needed to be physically mentally spiritually as a minister like just kind of stretched thin across the board uh so 2019 i i don't i don't have my goals in front of me but i can bet you i did not accomplish them so in 2020 i'm gonna make the goal to uh, write down my goals and make them findable. That's my one goal. <laughs> well, put them on Twitter because that's how I found mine. And then I'll be able to hold you accountable and check them out. Well, thank you. Thank you, John. I didn't have a good year, but the show did. So let's talk about good things about the show. Okay. Can't wait. I, I, 
I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Okay. So we always do this at the end of the year and I never know. It's something that I'm excited about, but I never know how like self-serving it is. So uh, you can be, you can be the judge of that because like, it's one of those things that like, I'm, I'm happy to celebrate the great things that have happened because like we've had some, we've had some great times on the show, but uh, we're going to make it a little briefer than we have in the past because I don't know if people want to hear it. Do you think people care, John? Yeah, I think people care. The people listen, dude. The reason people listen to your podcast is because they like you. And so they care about the things you care about. And this is something you care about. Oh, I feel like this is like our cutest show we've ever done together. We're being it's, very so- wholes- it's very wholesome, as they say. <laughs> we're being so kind to each other. And I think it's because we both know that we're both like under the we- under the weather and stressed out. So we're just like. Don't poke the other bear-looking yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I am. And this is. I talked about this um, with my friend Edmund Mitchell on his show called "The Show with Edmund Mitchell." He's, uh, despite what it might sound like from the name of his show, he's one of the most creative individuals I've ever met in my entire life. And we were talking about this, like the whole comparison thing, right? Where it's like, oh, I can compare myself to clerically speaking or Matt Frad and feel like a complete failure as a podcaster because I'm never going to get the downloads that they do. Or I can compare myself to a lot of other people who I know that I get more downloads than. And it's neither are very healthy, right? Because right. it's like I look one way, it's like I want to quit because I'm never going to be that good. On the other hand, I could look back and be prideful. So like I try to I try to be I try to be humble in my looking towards the people that are ahead of me and like look I'm doing something different. I'm doing something for for a group that may or may not like what they're doing. Cool. Like it's a different niche and and I don't have 8 billion followers on social media. So like that's not going to happen. At the same time, I I I'm also trying to be humble the other way and help out people who are starting shows and who are looking for advice and are looking to to kind of grow these things. So either way I look, it can be my pride being hurt or an opportunity for humility, right? Okay. All, right. all that being said, uh, we're going to look first at um, I, 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 the primary reason I want to do this is to say thank you. Because last year when we did this, like the, the previous year, 2018 was the first year the show like really kind of took off and people started knowing generally what it was, right? 2019, uh, we doubled it, it, our downloads from the year before. We're up at about 75,000 total. So like I say that primarily to say thank you because I know that it could come off as like, Oh, look at, look at me, how cool I am. I, look, clerically speaking, gets that in two months. So I'm not bragging. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really not. But I do want to say thank you, thank you to the people who have been along the ride, like both co-hosts, like yourself and, and everybody else who is a co-host on the show, all of the guests, all the people who listen, all the people who share it. Like, this show means a ton to me. So it's really cool uh, just to kind of see it continue to grow and to see people enjoy it, to see people get things out of it and to like build friendships like with with you and Father Anthony and, and Allison and Liv and Sean. And like it, it's been really cool for me. And I'm very thankful for this show and for people supporting it, because if nobody listened, it w- would just be me in a padded room by myself talking to myself. So thank you. You're welcome. And thank <laughs> you, Taylor. Now give us the stats. OK, here we go. Here we go. All right. So we do this every year. The countdown of the top 10 episodes of the year there's a there's a trouble there's a few things that are fun about this wait where's my music i don't know where my music here here i just gave you a drum roll don't worry about it thank you thank you i'm gonna play a little bit of music behind this okay the top 10 episodes of the year this is fun because it's always fun for me to see like what topics people stuck with what kind of like promotion people enjoyed um what what guests people like 
And it's a fun little game, too, for which co-hosts had the most popular ep- episodes. Because I was on all of them, so obviously I'm the most popular, right? I think that's how that works. Yes, that's how that works. And I now that I know this is a thing, I'm going to start retweeting 10 times each episode I'm in. <laughs> all right, so here we go. Uh, the number 10 episode of the year um you might know someone involved in this episode it was episode 147 the co-host was none other than jonathan lanina blevins hey (laughs) we celebrated the one year anniversary of you being on the show yay that's that's amazing so does that mean this is the two-year anniversary wait no 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 this was just a few months ago never mind yeah yeah. no no no, because that'll be in june that'll be in june or july okay so uh, we, we talked about that. We talked about you and I crying, which has been a theme, because I talked about me crying, and you at the beginning, we, we talk once a month on the show, right? And at the beginning, you were like, man, I cry all the time. Like, I'm a real man, but I still feel my emotions, and I felt very validated by that. And the next month, I came on and tried to talk to you about it again. You are like, you're a loser. You cry, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I um, cry often. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy about that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. But uh, we talked to our mutual friend, uh, Brian Montfort, from work to game We talked about video games, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, episode 160 was number nine on our list. Uh, can you guess who co-hosted that one? Me. It was you. It was hey, you. <laughs> bottom tier. Let's go. 160 was a lot of fun. Um, I, I think, like, Salty John might be my favorite john but hot take john ironically enough because you said you don't like hot takes but you had hot takes on something that usually people don't have hot takes on and it thanksgiving was, yeah exactly <laughs> thanksgiving food I, I like it was so much fun because it was like you were so passionate about it and we were yelling so it was so forte catholic and it was also just like com- almost completely pointless which is also forte catholic so john that was amazing the, the longer you're on the show the more you the more you fit in and we're continuing to grow Number eight on our list is is episode 136, our good friend Allison Sullivan. The uh, I think I can say this. Well, I can't now. Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Allison's great, though. And um, we talked to Dustin Bertrand. At one point, this was the most popular episode we have done, but it was a few months ago. So as the show kept continuing to grow, it got knocked down a bit. But Dustin is great, and we absolutely love that episode. Okay, this was the ki- this was the King episode for a long time, and I'm actually kind of happy that it is now number seven on our on our 2019 most listened to episodes list. 119 is where Father Anthony wanted to blow up the moon. Do you remember this trend? I do, I do. It's coming back, by the way, so let's not talk about it too much. Is it really coming back? Yeah, Netflix is making a movie about the moon, and so everyone's retweeting it today. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't, what, what's ironic about that is, like, I was about to... You took the wind completely out of my sails, because I was about to say... This was an original take. No one has ever like talked about blowing up the moon before. Episode 119. So it was original then, way back in January of 2019, and now it's coming back. I guess it's because people are seeing their time hop and like a year, a year ago tweets. So yeah. Uh, we also talked about Exodus 90, which got me in trouble a lot this year, uh, primarily because of you, uh, because you got me in trouble. Exodus 90, more like let's work out. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, episode 158 comes in at number six, and I'm scrolling to the top because I didn't prep, prep this too much. Uh, Father Anthony co-hosts, and, I, and what I said, maybe our fastest-paced joke fest ever recorded, which is funny because like you can't label certain episodes certain things because I can't say like funniest episode ever every time. 
because I did that one time and it got a lot of downloads. But you can't overuse that right. because then you're like the boy that cried cried comedy, and I can't do that. So I just said fastest pace. We had Amanda Vernon on, who is the Catholic Alicia Keys, and it was a lot of fun. Father Anthony, this also brought like my one of my new favorite segments to the show that you and I followed up on. This is the first time I ever had Father Anthony share a homily, and I heckled him during it. Oh, yeah. And then you and I, a few weeks later, heckled one of his homilies while he wasn't here because he totally led us, and that might be one of my favorite Memories of all time was doing that, that was with, was doing that that was with you. Okay, so that was episode what? I forget what number I'm on. I think you said 119. Uh, that was that was 158. Okay, so 154 Yikes. is number five. Very close. You were very close. Um, Father Anthony and a priest that was more popular than him. That was a very special moment. Father Rob Gallia was on the show, and so was Everett Fritz. So episode... 154. Number 144 was number four. That's, a, that's way too many fours. I feel like I should have switched this. But uh, our good friend Caitlin T with Talking Fachista was on the show. Like, I think she's everyone's favorite person on Twitter. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, she's Twitter mom. She's Catholic Twitter mom. She is. Are you? Are you? Who's dad? Tommy Ty or you? No, Papa. Papa? Yeah. Uh, Father Rockadan. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, I didn't know if you meant Papa Sharapa or the Pope. I wasn't quite sure, but either way. Yeah, definitely. Twitter dad is for sure Father Dan and Tiwi Tokens Twitter mom. Wait, 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 wait. But didn't he disappear for much of this year? Yes, but now he's back on a locked account. Okay, so he's an absentee father is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's just very guarded. I, I, you heard it here first. John Blevins thinks that his friend, the priest, is an absentee father. I, he said it, not me. Um... So yeah, we, we had a lot of fun there. We tried to break the Catholic internet by making this the number one show ever, and it didn't work. But just because it was so far ago, it was the number one episode for a while, but this was way back in the summer. All right, are you ready? Here we go, our top three. Number 150, uh, Father Anthony and I celebrated 150 episodes. How creative! Yay! So <laughs> <Number> creative. <laughs> uh, we played a game called uh, Bible City or Sith Lord, and it was the most excruciating game we have ever played on this show ever. Both Father Anthony and I hated ourselves. We hated each other by the by the end of the episode. Yeah. So what a celebration that was. And what was cool is like we brought it we brought in a lot of people who were very influential early on in the show that maybe people who started listening in the last year or two didn't know. So like old producer Sam and and a bunch of a bunch of very special people came back. And so that was that was fun for me because like we talked about earlier, like I've made so many friends through this dumb show and I'm very thankful for it. All right. Number two, number two is episode 155, and I it is number two because of one reason, or two reasons, I think. Number one, our guest was Dr. Peter Kraft, who, like, these are the people that I should never be able to talk to, and because yeah, I- Yeah, how did you get him? Uh, an email. I sent an email and said, hey, would you like to come on? And he said, yes. <laughs> so- Wow. Just go for stuff, people. Just ask. Like, just ask for things, and you'll probably get on. I think that's biblical. Ask and you shall receive. Um, I'm glad this was in God's will because it was just absolutely ridiculous that he came on the show and I was able to talk to this absolute legend. But also, I think the reason this is so high is because the first segment was the angriest I ever allowed myself to be on the show. And like not as a joke, this was the episode titled Hateful Catholics. So if you want to hear me angry and you missed it, Go listen to the first 20 minutes of episode 155. All right, let's get your drum roll again. We need one more drum roll. 
there you go. Our number one episode for 2019 is none other than one that made a huge comeback. 153, Allison Sullivan is the co-host with our guest, Catherine Whitaker, who talks about, uh, she just talked about tea a lot. I th- apparently, we just tea? need to talk about sweet tea in Texas. because Gossip or tea? Uh, yes, we did both, I think. We <laughs> might have talked about you. Uh, we talked about lightning storms, supervillains, prophets, nightmares. And, and we also talked about like, like real things, like Catherine's, Catherine Whitaker's uh, dealing with, with loss and pain. So it was this perfect blend of me and Allison being stupid. Allison probably preaching while I'm trying to make a joke. And Catherine Whitaker being one of our best guests to date. So that's it. That's our year in review, John. How self-serving was that? How do we feel about what just happened? I don't think it was self-serving at all. It was fun. Give the people what they want. I will give the people what they want. And you know what the people really want, John? You to be Taylor Marshall. For this show to be over. So that's all we have. <laughs> that's all we have time for today. Why is the music still playing? The show is a mess because we're recording on a Saturday morning when we both feel terrible. It's uh, fun. John, how can people find you, my man? Bearded Blevins on all things. Bearded Blevins on all things. That's all we have time for today. John and I are both going to nap and maybe take a little tequila to help us fall asleep. We'll see. I'll be back next week. Love you. Say it. Christopher, do you know what Patreon is? No. No? Well, neither does any other people. Patreon's a way for me to be able to feed you. Do you like to eat? Yes. What's your favorite food? Yogurt. Yogurt. Well, I can't buy you any yogurt unless people give to patreon.com slash Catholic. They can get all the bonus content like me struggling through this to try to edit content out of what Christopher is talking about. So if you want more bonus content like my son, we'll maybe get my daughter in here at some point now that we're recording in the home that they live in. Uh, but you also get great bonus content with our guests and our co-hosts. Hey, Christopher, I love you. I love you too. Oh, thank you, Bubba. Bye. And oh, you have more? Why do we have a church? So we can go and pray all together. Do you like praying with other people? No. Well, that's because people suck. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, say see ya. See ya. Bye. Are we about to buy books?